Audi is launching its all-electric e-tron range in South Africa in the first quarter of 2022. Join us in celebrating the many possibilities of progress with our Future is an Attitude podcast series. Every now and again in history, you reach a moment where it feels as if all the forces of change sort of are combining to create, let's call it an era shift. Or if you prefer, we're riding down the highway and suddenly an off-ramp appears. And we've got this opportunity to take the off-ramp and get onto a different path, get onto a different road. But when you study history, that's what you study. You study those moments when history changes. And we even label them the Renaissance, the Reformation, the Industrial Revolution. That's where I think we're at. We're at a unique moment of time and opportunity as a species and as a world. We're being presented with an off-ramp towards a better tomorrow. The question is, do we take it? I'm Azania Mosaka, and this is Future is an Attitude, a new podcast series from Audi about how design, performance, sustainability, and the digital world can intersect to help us shape the future we want and need. These principles are not only close to my heart, they're also fundamental to a world in which we can all thrive. We're featuring South Africans who think differently about the future, who challenge the status quo, and who are redefining progress. South Africans who can help us imagine and embrace a better tomorrow, not as a passenger of global trends, but from the driver's seat. Graham Codrington spends a lot of time, almost all of his time, thinking about what's coming down the pike at his company, Tomorrow Today Global. He's an author, a strategy consultant, and a futurist, someone who studies the future and makes predictions based on current trends. To him, we're at a point in history where everything is poised for change. I think that in the next 10 to 15 years, we are going to see more advances and more progress than we have seen in the last 150 years. I think that we are on the edge of some remarkable leaps forward that history will look back and put on a par with the Renaissance and the Industrial Revolution. A century or more of progress in a decade, in the next decade. To put that into perspective, 150 years ago, Electric light bulbs, fridges, antibiotics, none of those things existed in the way we know them today. The average life expectancy in South Africa was just 33 and a half years old. Computers weren't even on the radar. Cars hadn't been invented. Air travel was science fiction. And the idea of going to the moon was unimaginable. Almost everything that makes our lives what they are didn't yet exist. The last century and a half has seen our world change in ways we can't properly appreciate from the other side. And according to Graham, the same amount of profound change is coming in just the next 15 years. And you know that the flight time from London to Johannesburg, including takeoff and landing in one of Elon Musk's SpaceX rockets would be 32 minutes. You could get from London to Sydney in Australia in 42 minutes. They go at 24,000 kilometers an hour. So maybe 20 years from now, South Africa is no longer a long haul destination. It's half an hour to pretty much anywhere in the world from Johannesburg and tourism has changed dramatically. Business travel has changed dramatically. 
space rockets taking us on holiday, cars driving themselves, medical advances that mean the best surgeons in the world can operate on a patient halfway around the globe, the Internet of Things where smart devices talk to each other and exchange information, a world of sensors, big data and artificial intelligence focused on helping us live better lives. When you are healthy, you don't phone your doctor. You only phone your doctor when you are already feeling sick. So wouldn't it be wonderful to get a message on your phone saying, Graham, you are going to get sick. By next Wednesday, you will be sick unless you do the following things. Now you think, well, how on earth would your phone know that? Well, if you have this Internet of Things system around you, the system can use artificial intelligence, machine learning, algorithms, predictive data analytics to say, well, I can see Graham's temperature is fluctuating more than Graham's temperature normally does. I can see Graham's not sleeping as well as he normally does. I can see Graham's not drinking as much water as he normally does. I can see Graham has a vitamin D deficiency. Uh, oh, I see why the last 10 days of where there, ha there hasn't been any sun. Also, Graham's been working very hard and he's been indoors. So let me send a message to Graham saying drink more water, take a vitamin D supplement, make sure you get some better sleep. If you don't do these things, Graham, I'm giving you a 92% chance of getting a cold by next Wednesday. Why on earth anybody would be scared of a system that was able to have that level of understanding of them, that it could help them to not get sick? Well, why would you be scared of that system? You'd think that a person who gets paid to imagine what could happen might end up being a bit of a warrior, a pessimist even, but not Graham. He is, in his own words, a relentless optimist. A lot of people would look into the future and be scared. They'd be nervous that we are destroying certain ways of life and that we'll end up in some Hollywood dystopian future, uh, you know, Mad Max type future. There's always something that can go wrong. There are always big things we've got to fix. But I am inherently optimistic that by making choices, even if we take maybe longer than we should to make those choices, uh, eventually we make the right choices. And history shows us that there is this march forward. Sometimes a world war here or there, sometimes a massive catastrophe. Uh, sometimes though, and uh, I think history shows us an improvement over time. So that's what I would hope and invite people to. Make choices that help us improve the future, that our children, our grandchildren can live better lives in a better world than we did. That spirit of making choices to build better lives is something that global tech entrepreneur and innovator Rapelang Rabana both embodies and encourages. It's more about asking, what do we need to get right to create the future that we want? As opposed to, you know, assuming we can't or lying to ourselves that it definitely can. Let's actually get crystal clear on that. Rapelang is also the founder of Rekindle Learning, and she absolutely believes that tech is the key to a better tomorrow. And when I look at that, the world from that point of view, I do start to feel a lot more excited about it because what we do know for sure around the opportunities on the continent is that we're going to have the largest workforce. The middle class in the continent is going to grow ridiculously fast between now and 2050 and 2080. And the people that are going to sort of come into this middle class cannot afford to consume services at the level that we're doing now. And it's also not sustainable environmentally and, and energy-wise anyway. 
we have to figure out how we use digital technologies to deliver it cheaper for more people and to ultimately get into those underserved markets. And that opportunity is truly gigantic. And the way we tap into the opportunity being offered to us. We've got to start experimenting more. Now, that's the answer for a small entrepreneur with a spaza shop in the township to say, how do I get more clients? Well, the answer is try different things, right? The entrepreneurial mindset of let's try this, let's try that. That's the same answer that you would give a corporate, right? And it would be the same answer for society, for governments, for politics, for communities, for religions, however you want to think about it is we're at a moment in history where the rules that have got us here, the systems and processes and structures that have got us to where we are, are clearly not future fit. And so what we need to do is we need to begin to unpick them a little bit. Not everything all at once, otherwise you create anarchy and chaos, but we need to unpick bits and pieces here and there and try something new. Striking this balance, finding out what works for all of us, is all about innovation. It's the idea of micro-experimentation, of iteration and testing in every sector. And for creative thinker and trends analyst Dion Chang, it's also about solving real-world problems. Dion is an innovator and a trends analyst. A few years ago, he founded Flux Trends to help businesses spot and be inspired by unusual opportunities. For me, the future of innovation is solution-based innovation. And for me, we do that on the African continent the best. So if you look at you know, mobile banking, we've, we've leapfrogged a lot of technologies that, that the Western world still lag behind. I, I still you know, get astounded by some people who, have, who are shocked by sort of banking systems, maybe in Italy or in America, and you say, well, you know, we, we actually do have one of the most advanced banking systems um, you know, in the world here. Something like mobile money, The idea of being able to send money via SMS instead of an app or a smartphone or a bank account. That's exactly the kind of low-cost, high-impact solution that can change the world. And it's the kind of solution that we come up with in Africa every day. We don't always have the resources, we don't have the infrastructure to do things. So you have to make a different plan and you do things. And we also start to solve real-world problems. So it's not innovation for innovation's sake. It is potable water, it is renewable energy, it is, you know, converting uh, recycled plastics to, to bricks that are stronger than concrete. It's all of those kind of things. And then, you know, the last one that I keep harping on is the fact that Africa is a Gen Z continent. It's not a millennial continent. Speak to anyone who thinks about the future for a living, and like Dion, they're going to bring up Generation Z the generation that's about to take over and some say about to literally change the world. Born in the late 1990s to the early 2010s, they're on track to be the most educated, the most diverse and the most socially aware generation yet. But they're facing a future they can't predict. Everything from the COVID-19 pandemic to climate change, from rising unemployment to technological advances, is bearing down on a generation that is barely on the cusp of adulthood. 
if we all have connectivity, then the playing fields uh, are leveled radically. And if you look at that generation, you look at the connectivity and the way in which learning happens because of the fact that they are the first digital natives of, of humanity, then you combine that with Africa, you combine that with um, the sort of high social justice barometer that Gen Zs have and the, the sort of the driving force to find real solutions to make the world a better place. Generation Z, or Zoomers, are going to inhabit a world we can hardly imagine. They're already creating it for themselves. A world where everything is connected and everything is different. A healthcare system that kicks in to help you before you get sick, instead of when you already are. Connected smart homes that can be automated to do everything, from dimming the lights to roasting a chicken to keeping you safe. Maybe even restaurants that know what you're going to order before you do. So imagine you arrive at a restaurant and instead of the waiter asking you, what do you feel like eating tonight? The waiter says, I know exactly the meal that will be perfect for you tonight. You might be ready for a, a, a wonderful, you know, who cares about the calories meal because it's a nice Friday night and you're out. And if the system, if the smartwatch on your arm and the tracking of what's been happening during the week and a, and a stress monitor and all the rest have all worked out that you really would just love your favorite meal and the restaurant is able to have that meal ready for you when you arrive, that'd be perfect, right? Just think about the fact that if we live in a world where who we are is not tracked for bad purposes, but is understood by a system that is on our side and is helping us to live better lives. If that system then helps us to eat better, be more healthy, connect with people. I mean, finding people who are, you know, a match for you, maybe in terms of love and marriage in the future. Uh, why wouldn't we let the system help us? rather than leave it up to chance or our own uh, uh, devices and choices. Graham's idea of the future might seem a bit crazy or a bit spooky, depending on where you stand on the issues of privacy and tracking. But either way, you're probably enjoying the advantages without thinking about it. The reality is that big data, this web of information being collected about us every second, is starting to inform everything we do and how we do it, even down to the spaces in which we live our lives. The cities of the future are going to be filled with Gen Zs. Is the future a distant reality or something we shape with the progress we make today? Over a hundred years ago, Audi was founded on a vision of constant progress. In 2022, we accelerate this journey with the new Audi e-tron range, a collection of progressive, all-electric vehicles designed to usher in a new era of mobility. Let's shape tomorrow's world together. The Future is an Attitude podcast series, proudly brought to you by Audi. Read more at 702.co.za. Leaving their homes empty for 12 hours while they work or sit in traffic and leaving their homes empty for 12 hours while they relax and unwind, that's not going to cut it for the next generation. Neither is the spatial separation and ghettoization we still deal with today. So we're going to have to come up with better ways to use new and existing buildings and spaces. Architect and author Luanda Mpatra thinks deeply about the intersection of design and data and how they can both be used to influence the future. I'm not 
a designer who just looks at buildings, but I am a designer who looks at contexts and environments and landscapes so that our architecture has relevance in terms of how our environment is unfolding over time. He's the author and director of architecture and design firm Design Space Africa and co-author of a new book called Get Out of My Mind about change management and diversity. And Luanda sees architecture and design as having a distinctly social integrative dimension, one that can and must drive change in countries, cities, communities and families. So for me, that is the contribution of design that is going to look into those issues and say the future is going to be different from what we see. And therefore, we've got to look at buildings and spaces and city environments that accommodate that new perspective. I'm doing a study right now of Johannesburg. And to our surprise, I find that Joburg has got 65% of its residents, I'm talking about the CBD, being less than 39 years of age. What does that mean for the city of Joburg into the future? It means that you've got a new, younger market. They are probably professionals. They are probably looking for a different kind of lifestyle. So what kind of economic activity is going to be relevant for the city of Joburg or any other city for that matter? So what might the South African city of the future look like? Would it be different? Mixed income, mixed use, mixed generation buildings and neighborhoods that are inclusive, equitable and environmentally friendly. Denser housing, vertical schools, children learning and playing in high rises instead of on a single level. Rooftops covered in solar panels and food gardens instead of towels or corrugated iron. Dynamic transport systems that will seamlessly shift you from car to bus to train to bicycle depending on what's quickest and least congested. Traffic lights that change in response to the number of cars on the road, not on a timer. There's one last thing that lies particularly close to the Gen Z heart, and that's the issue of sustainability. They want the world to still be there by the time they and their children and their children's children grow up. But they also don't want to compromise on quality or even luxury. So what we're seeing is a new definition of premium emerging, of what a successful life looks and feels like, one in which sustainability and luxury can exist side by side. Rappelang thinks connectedness will be at the heart of that new definition. When I think about how we might perceive luxury in the future, I think it's going to be a lot more health-conscious as opposed to glutinous. I think it's going to be more more about connectedness and being able to live our humanity in a way as opposed to just being in a stainless steel city and in a high building and being lonely and isolated and what have you. I think luxury is going to be about proximity of of relationships and people we, we really care about. I think luxury is going to be about having access to experiences so, you know, whenever you travel, it shifts your mind, it, it changes your perspective. And for me, those are the things that we need to do to really figure out who we are and who we are not. And exposure, I think, and those diverse experiences are part of that journey for us. So I think we've already seen that shift from 
product to experiences, you know, being being a big thing and what's successful or not. So I see that going more and more in that direction. We've got to live a life where we are living a life that is not just for ourselves, but is for others as well. I think that is a distinctly African approach to the future, which is why I think some of these solutions will come out of Africa um, and not out of where maybe we've looked for solutions in the past. So, yeah, for me, we need to find lives that are worthy of living. And the future is, is inviting us to find those lives, to find lives that are sustainable, that are enjoyable, that do contribute, um, and that allow us to all live with dignity and freedom. So what is it going to take to survive in this new world? How do we embrace a future that is going to look so radically different to our present? For Luyanda, curiosity is key. We've got to read. We've got to listen, we've got to observe. We occupy ourselves with things that take us out of our comfort zone and not just be happy with what we know and what we think we know. No futurist is exactly sure what the future is going to look like. But one thing they're all sure of is that the current way we see the world must and will change. But we have the choice. We have the opportunity to help shape the future for ourselves. New technologies, new designs, better performance, a sustainable approach, all of these are within our reach. We just need to make the right decision. The future is an attitude. The way we imagine and embrace it, the way we shape it with our thinking, and the way we infuse it with our hopes and our dreams, the attitudes we adopt today are laying the foundations of our tomorrow. Still to come on Future is an Attitude, we dive deep into big data. We look at how we can leverage it to create a more prosperous future and how the digital world can help us live better lives. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe for more episodes and do us a favor, tell a friend about it. Because after all, we're building our future together. Is the future a distant reality or something we shape with the progress we make today? Over a hundred years ago, Audi was founded on a vision of constant progress. In 2022, we accelerate this journey with the new Audi e-tron range, a collection of progressive, all-electric vehicles designed to usher in a new era of mobility. Let's shape tomorrow's world together. The Future is an Attitude podcast series, proudly brought to you by Audi. Read more at 702.co.za.